story four of lanagan amateur detective by edward h hurlbut this librivox recording is in the public domain story four whom the gods destroy at reardon's much frequented by policemen and reporters jack lanagan sat with leslie that greatest chief of his time discussing one of dan's delectable bismarck herrings and esteem it was not above the very human leslie to mingle in the free democracy of dan's back room where the gentlemen of the fourth estate foregathered to settle in seasoned nonchalance the problems of the world leslie was speaking you haven't lost out jack he was saying but if that narrow-gauge samson elects to fire you which i know he won't i'll give you work if i've got to pay you out of my contingent fund get off that suisse's diet and report the inquirer can't afford to lose you lanagan unshaven for a week looked otherwise disreputable the inquirer he reported judicially can afford to lose anybody it's a sweat-shop life reporting and they fill your place just as easily as schwartz down there on stevenson street fills a place at one of his shirt machines nothing is as dead as a yesterday's paper excepting it has a libel in it and nothing is so perishable as a reporter's reputation the slate is swabbed clean once every twenty-four hours your job is precisely that long rats you're in a beautiful humor they can't forget that iowa slim exclusive very soon no but only because of the fact that i haven't shown up for work since they had given me warning before then i'm through unless they send for me and they don't seem to be doing that as a matter of cold-blooded fact the inquirer likes my work but not my weakness my type don't get much sympathy these days i belong to the generation of the tramp printer the days of a real ethical code in the profession we old-timers are taking the gad what few of us there are left three times over for an even break with these peg-topped trouser boys at ten a week who once wrote a class farce no chief concluded lanagan dispassionately and deliberately i guess i've shot my bolt in san francisco i'll ship on a banana boat and flag it on to panama maybe when i get there i will tangle up in some big complication and another davis will come along to chronicle me with that other derelict a grand story by the way chief a newspaper epic you should read it leslie ignored the morose mood of the reporter shot nothing he said in disgust take a turkish bath and sweat that grouch out of your system here take this tin i want you to get back to your paper you're too valuable a man to be out of work in this town lanagan rejected the proffered money and leslie was attempting to force it on him there was a warm bond of friendship between the two men and a mutual admiration for the abilities of each other when brady from the upper office stuck his head through the door he saluted captain cook sent me over to say that it looks now like that hemingway case was not a suicide after all there are no powder burns on the face the revolver must have been put in her hand after she was shot cook was night captain of detectives leslie jumped to his feet and swung lanagan to his here this will put you on your mettle i didn't like the looks of that case from the start i am going out and take hold of it personally come along 
maybe you can turn up something that the inquirer will be glad to hear from you on come along grady they jumped into the police machine and were whirled out to a fashionable home on pacific avenue it was nine thirty o'clock less than an hour before a report had been received of the suicide of the daughter of the house a debutante whose coming-out party had been an event of the spring before and whose engagement to a broker oliver macandray had just been announced wilson accounted one of leslie's shrewdest upper office men was already in the room when leslie lanagan and brady arrived there were there also a shoal of newspaper men and photographers and the smell of flash powders was heavy on the air on the first report from police headquarters i had been sent out by sampson and had already been in the house for half an hour but i was glad to surrender the story promptly to lanagan when he entered although he did not say that he intended going to work it was wilson as i recall it who had raised a doubt of the suicide theory by pointing out the absence of powder burns although the bullet wound was in the right temple and the revolver clasped tightly in the right hand a girl with her frail wrist must have pressed the revolver close before firing it was clear the revolver had been placed in her hand after the shooting it was an english bulldog of old pattern one of those family pistols found in most homes then lanagan took his leisurely turn drawing up an easy chair if you can't be first on the ground be last was an axiom of the newspaper business that lanagan often tried to impress upon me he proceeded to act upon his theory now by rolling and lighting a cigarette to give all in the room ample time to finish their investigation finally the room was cleared of all save leslie lanagan brady wilson and myself the room had one set of french windows giving out upon a wide porch and a heavily matted lawn it would be next to impossible to say whether a person had escaped over the lawn by way of the veranda the bedroom door was open when a maid attracted by the shot had overcome her terror and run to the room at the time of death the only persons in the house were the mother daughter and the maid marie the maid was in a state bordering on collapse after the first siege with the detectives and newspaper men and leslie ordered her kept quiet for an hour the occasional hysterical cries of the mother prostrated in her own room could be heard leslie examined the body with minute care the rest of us had completed our investigations then lanagan took his leisurely turn drawing up an easy chair leslie brady and wilson had stepped through the window and were examining the porch and the lawn carefully with their pocket lights lanagan had taken one of the girl's hands up in his he was examining an old-fashioned bracelet critically very critically it seemed to me he flashed a sudden quick glance toward the window the chief and the detectives were still busy outside stand at the door norrie he shot at me electrically i sprang to put my back to it to give him a moment's delay in case any of the other newspaper men should drift back to the room i had not the slightest idea what he was after but i caught a glitter of fierce interest in his eyes and i knew him better than to disobey i did not see what he did then save that he quickly placed something within his pocket-book something that didn't have much substance for he had to rub his thumb and forefinger to drop it into a piece of paper 
some of the newspaper men trooped back into the room leslie entered again frowning in perplexity singular jack he said what's your idea i think drawled lanagan i'll save my ideas for the inquirer chief i've concluded to go back to work leslie stared you've got something he finally said testily what is it something that may save me being driven from town like a beaten dog chief that's all you didn't want that you said confound you anyhow you're too infernally clever go in and win said the grizzled chief but his tone was nettled and there was a natural trace possibly of professional jealousy that he could not conceal it had never before happened that he and lanagan had started off on an absolutely even break where it was a straight open and shut proposition of the best detective winning and he felt that lanagan had found a clue in that room that he had overlooked he was a hard loser he went over the room again he examined the body he used his magnifying glass and he scanned the walls the carpet the clothing inch by inch he was still reluctant to give up when the coroner's deputies finally arrived to discharge their melancholy functions the mother was still in hysteria the maid had calmed somewhat and leslie went to examine her with wilson and brady lanagan had drifted out and was sitting on the moonlit porch to which the electroliers gave added brightness when all those blunderbusses get through with their heavy work norrie we'll have a run in with the maid said he i seem to be the last man on the job meantime find out for me how many red-haired people there are about this house or among the immediate circle of the girl's friends it is a matter of some importance because he carefully opened the pocket-book extracted the folded piece of note-paper and first assuring himself that no one was about pointed because there are two broken half-inch bits of red hair that i take it are going to play an important part in this case remember the devereux case these were wedged back of the cameo on her bracelet and they got there in her last struggle with whoever shot her for the time being at least then we will eliminate all but red-haired people maybe it's a dog's hair i suggested hopefully lanagan was on the point of retorting with his finished sarcasm when the hemingway limousine evidently bringing other members of the family or relations summoned by word of the mournful occurrence rolled up to the brilliantly lighted port cashier lanagan's eye had travelled swiftly and fixed upon some object of interest i followed his intense gaze the chauffeur's hair was as flaming as a firebrand lanagan's eyes seemed to be boring straight through the man as the machine came to a stop almost where we sat the chauffeur's face was pale extraordinarily pale it appeared to me as he stopped his machine and shut down the gears there was a perceptible evidence of nervousness in his manner that was possibly entirely natural in view of the shocking happening of a few hours before that had taken the life of his young mistress the first to leave the motor was a trim well-groomed young man whom we at once recognized from the descriptions we had heard as macandray as he held the door open for the other two persons to leave the machine he removed his hat holding it in his hand simultaneously our eyes rested on his uncovered hair his hair if anything was a shade more auburn than that of the chauffeur 
his swollen eyes and pale face were natural under the circumstances with his marriage hopes thus painfully blasted they walked within and lanagan said come on we'll get first crack at this fellow anyway let's meet him back at the garage in the rear we had started to walk back to the garage as the chauffeur cranked his machine when from the same low window leslie and brady stepped alertly leslie held up his hand to the chauffeur the two officers were beside him in a moment i knew what was coming even before they laid a hand on him i had seen too many arrests made not to know what was meant by that brusque cool manner that quick step that wary eye even before there came that familiar terse short snap of the professional thief-taker we want you the maid has spilled was lanagan's ejaculation as we stepped up to the trio leslie could not forbear a pleased lighting of the eyes as he glanced at lanagan what have you got chief asked lanagan easily the maid marie broke down and admitted that she let this man martin into the house and into the girl's room at the girl's orders at eight thirty o'clock possibly ten minutes later she says she heard the shot when she could summon courage to go to her mistress's room she found her lying on the floor dead the revolver in her hand what have you to say martin nothing sir said martin levelly i have nothing at all to say sir he was a man of about thirty lanagan's subsequent investigations disclosed that he had been with the hemingways for many years formerly working as a stable boy when automobiles came into vogue he had taken a place as chauffeur he was a probation court boy when the hemingways took him into their employ and made a man of him as he used to express it nothing snapped leslie well we'll see i guess we'll take him in brady and give him the dark cell leslie swung on his heel and brady giving the chauffeur only time enough to run his machine to the garage took him to the city prison and locked him up but first i had noticed lanagan pick up martin's cap from the seat of the machine while the brief conference was going on and deftly extract something from it the something proved later to be one or two of martin's red hairs other newspaper men emerging from the house had been informed by leslie of the arrest it was eleven thirty o'clock by that time and with the arrest of martin as their sensation the morning paper men of one accord shoaled back to their offices leslie turned whatever ends might come up over to wilson with instructions to keep an eye on the maid marie and went back to headquarters satisfied that if martin was not the murderer he at least could clear up the mystery lanagan started off with the rest but dropped off the car unobserved and returned to the house he was not yet satisfied that all that the inmates knew there had been told you go in and write the story he had told me that chauffeur isn't the type who is rendezvousing with the daughter of the house and she isn't the type to engage in an alliance with a chauffeur there is a nigger in this woodpile somewhere and a red-headed nigger at that go off with your story if you don't hear from me by press time but keep my red hairs out of your story unless you hear from me further i had gathered in my cameraman and artist and hurried back to the office to write a story that i knew would be exactly similar in its facts with those in the other morning papers leading off naturally with the arrest of the chauffeur there were still quite a number of relatives and family friends at the house when lanagan returned 
the reception hall was brilliantly lighted and he hung up his hat as he did so he examined macandray's topcoat carefully and quickly on the collar was one hair it was tucked away labelled in a separate package in the pocket-book he went to the room of the murder to find wilson there sweating macandray the broker was bent over a table sobbing the intermittent hysterical cries of the mother hoarser and fainter as exhaustion came upon her still punctuated the air wilson was reading a letter he passed it to lanagan lanagan read then a startling few lines written by miss hemingway the day before to macandray breaking their engagement with the single explanation i love another you surely could not want to marry a woman who had discovered she loved another lanagan passed the letter back he was anxious to make a microscopic examination of the hair but he wanted also to put macandray through the mill he signalled wilson to jam and the detective touched macandray on the shoulder get together he said brusquely we want you to answer a few questions we aren't getting any place in this fashion added lanagan curtly tell me macandray when did you get that letter macandray straightened up wiping his eyes this afternoon at five o'clock he said when did you see miss hemingway last there was a long pause while macandray gazed fixedly first at lanagan and then at wilson as though trying to read their minds to learn what they knew because you did see her after the letter you know said lanagan quietly it was entirely a random shot but it went home macandray studied the matter over again for some moments well he said at last slowly i suppose it is best that i tell all i know i saw her last at half-past eight o'clock to-night his head dropped to his breast and dry sobs shook him again for a minute but as to her death i can offer no explanation only you have martin in custody and i saw martin in her room at that time my god he burst out that elvira could have sunk so low a menial a lackey a chauffeur we don't want a dissertation on caste said lanagan with cold brutality what we want of you macandray either here or at the city prison macandray started realizing for the first time that suspicion was pointing his way is a simple statement of how you happened to see miss hemingway in this room with martin and what happened after that i received her note by messenger at five o'clock at half-past seven i called but she was not in i wanted a personal explanation i called again in an hour she was home marie said and had gone to her room for the night and under no circumstances was to be disturbed i determined to see her at any cost i knew the position of her room here fronting on the veranda i went from the house by the front door and walked around here to the lawn i intended only to attract her attention by throwing a pebble against the window and compelling her to speak with me but while i stood there on the lawn searching for a pebble an automobile drove slowly down buchanan street and stopped just beyond the hemingway drive behind the pepper tree there were two men in it one remained while the other whom i recognized as martin came to the house entering by the kitchen door of course then i would not risk attracting elvira's attention while i was just turning to go elvira's curtain suddenly was raised and i saw her peering out down buchanan street toward the place where the motor-car was 
just when that tableau was being presented her chamber door opened quickly and martin entered she seemed to be glad to see him and extended both her hands to him i could witness no more it broke my heart sick and miserable that i had discovered so fine a girl the girl whom i loved sincerely in a meeting with her chauffeur i turned and came away that is all i know later i received a telephone message of the tragedy they sent the car for me i could not understand it then and i cannot now he was sobbing again with his arms on the table wilson stepped over to him brace up he said shortly i want you to come with me the chief will want to keep you where he can see you for a day or two his heavy hand descended professionally upon macandry's shoulder but lanagan interrupted not a chance jim he said shaking his head i don't want to interfere with your duty but i believe that chap is telling the truth absolutely what we want to do now is to clear up the mystery of the man in the automobile martin must be made to talk and by the way have you come across any red-haired people in this case outside martin and macandry it struck me as a good little feature story here's a red-haired chauffeur and a red-haired fiancée it's a combination that don't often occur hm said wilson that's curious the chief and i only saw mrs hemingway for a moment she was so unstrung but she most certainly has the finest head of red hair for a woman of forty-four or five you want to see seems to be her own too funny proposition the three of them at that lanagan was staring for once taken completely by surprise so pat did the circumstance fit his theories he glanced at his watch his eyes were dancing with excitement that will be all mr macandre unless wilson wants you for something he said wilson said he was through and macandre left the room now jim let's see marie again i'm collecting red hair it's a fad i have acquired and i want one or two of mrs hemingway's i was never more serious in my life said wilson summoning the maid he sent her for a brush containing combings of her mistress's hair she asked no questions but did as ordered the maid acted like a person in a trance holding up to a certain point and then she will drop like a plummet thought lanagan then aloud i guess we are all through here jim except one last fling with the mother but there was no last fling with the mother she had been given a hypodermic the nurse said and was sleeping from a neighborhood bar wilson telephoned to leslie still waiting at police headquarters to get a last word from his men the detective was still half decided to lock up both marie and macandre but leslie said no lanagan had borrowed wilson's magnifying glass and had spread out upon the bar the different pieces of red hair he was so deeply engrossed in making comparisons that he failed to follow the startling one-sided conversation going on between wilson and the chief wilson whirled around from the receiver as lanagan profoundly stirred carefully tucked away his collection a child could see it he muttered to himself as wilson called out martin has spilled says he tricked the maid who by the way is in love with him into letting him into elvira's room there he declared his love for her demanded that she fly with him and when she refused seized up the family revolver and shot her down maddened by her command that he realize his place and return to the stables where he belonged he escaped through the window after placing the revolver in her hand they are going to book him now for murder 
lanagan took a long time to digest this bit of surprising information he made no comment other than to say you're through for the night now aren't you jim with leslie vouching for martin as the man yes replied jim and now i'm off a moment after he had been left alone lanagan had leslie on the telephone chief lanagan hop into your car and meet me at farrelly's bring martin along it's a quarter to one make time and this is something absolutely between you and me me and the inquirer scoot now chief i've something to interest you since the incident in the room earlier in the evening leslie had been restless about lanagan within ten minutes the police automobile stopped at farrelly's leslie and brady with martin walking between them entered lanagan quickly led the way to the side room one grimed incandescent lit the room pallidly around a beer-stained table the four men sat martin farthest from the door lanagan's eyes were fairly snapping as he opened his pocket-book and spread it out upon the table from it he extracted his little papers each containing a piece or two of red hair he laid each separate hair slowly deliberately before them all upon the table martin was watching the performance with eyes that glistened in the intensity of his interest equally absorbed were leslie and brady deliberately precisely lanagan laid out the hairs two from the brush of mrs hemingway one from the coat collar of macandre two from martin's cap and the two short bits from the bracelet of elvira leslie had understood the pantomime the moment lanagan opened his pocket-book and disclosed the collection of hair he knew what it was now he had overlooked and chagrined but alert he watched each move that lanagan made for the solution had not yet come was it to be martin leslie hoped professionally for the sake of his reputation that it would be martin said lanagan flashing the word out like a dirk might flash in the sun what did mrs hemingway ever do to earn your loyalty even to death martin paled visibly even beneath the sick light of the weak incandescent she's been very good to me sir she took me out of the court's custody and gave me a good home and a good salary she made a man of me when i might have become a jailbird she has been a good mistress sir yes a good mistress came through lanagan's teeth you're loyal the type of loyal retainer you're not the type that falls in love with the daughter of the house you never loved elvira you never murdered elvira and you are concealing now the name of the murderer telling a poor weak lie that could not have stood at the outside for twenty-four hours who killed elvira lanagan had arisen and glowered above the ashen martin leslie was leaning forward his eyes gimlet-like boring into martin's brady swung around too to face him caught as well under the spell of fierce magnetism of the newspaper man tell me lanagan snarled who was in that automobile with you last night martin's heavy lips dropped apart while he continued to stare affrightedly upon the newspaper man the mother of that girl found you in elvira's room with her making preparations for flight with whoever was in that machine i will tell you continued lanagan hammering each word home i will tell you who killed elvira hemingway he leaned swiftly across the table bending down and breathing a word into the ear of martin the effect was electrical no 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 it was i i tell you i and no other i shot her in my fit of madness 
he collapsed suddenly his head sinking on his breast still gasping huskily forth his protestations look here then said lanagan he held brady's magnifying glass over the hair over the two hairs from the bracelet and then over the other specimens the difference in the texture of the hair and a difference in color were apparent under the microscope even in the ill-lighted room that one of the three specimens was similar hair to that from the bracelet was apparent almost to the naked eye leslie's face grew grave brady had absolute unbelief written in his eyes martin took one peering look furtively that hair said lanagan indicating came from elvira hemingway's bracelet it lodged there in her last struggle with whoever killed her this is your hair martin compare it this is macandray's compare it this is from the mother's head compare it a red-haired person killed elvira it was not you it was not but martin had sunk his head into his arms on the table with a groan lanagan waited leslie waited brady waited experts all at the third degree mind was mauling matter and mind was winning it was not you continued lanagan pitilessly as martin lifted his haggard face with the look of pleading of an animal in his eyes it was not you but it was not she not my mistress it was me me the last words were a shriek but the tax on his self-control had been too great he fainted they threw water on martin then and forced whiskey down his throat he came to staring in confusion from one face to the other you have admitted the mother shot her own child said lanagan rapidly giving martin no opportunity to recover his composure now tell us the circumstances of this unnatural crime martin's breakdown was complete elvira hemingway practically forced into an engagement with macandray largely through propinquity he was her brother's partner and a regular family guest and through the wishes of her mother inordinately ambitious socially to ally her daughter with the macandrays had finally jilted macandray for a struggling young doctor stanton a classmate at college they were to have eloped so greatly did the girl dread the scene that she knew would follow when her mother learned of her dismissal of macandray martin loyal as he had said to his mistress but still more so to the daughter of the house was party to the elopement he had come to her room by prearrangement to help her out with a grip or two in order that no suspicion would attach should she be discovered in the room on the porch or crossing the lawn the machine the same that macandray saw was waiting at the pepper tree but while martin was in the room the mother on some slight errand had unexpectedly gone to her daughter's room there she found her daughter fully attired the french window wide open and caught a flashing glimpse of a figure disappearing through the french window that she recognized as martin at first flush she accepted the incident as an interrupted rendezvous of some sort between her daughter and her chauffeur and one hot word of charge had brought a swift retort from the daughter and a quarrel had arisen martin sneaking back to report progress in the room to stanton heard the rising voices in anger and learned enough to know that the girl under stress of her excitement had revealed the plan for the elopement he counseled with stanton and both agreed that stanton had best retire and await developments martin to keep stanton posted by telephone 
in the grief and excitement of the final tragedy he did not do so and the lover worn by a sleepless night received his great blow when he opened his morning paper but this is not a tale of love or lovers except in so far as they concern the solution of a crime and stanton therefore with his blighted life passes out of the story martin determined to intercede in hope of softening the lot of the daughter taking all blame to himself as the messenger of the secret lovers hurried then back to the house some primal strain of vulgarity some poignant pang of disappointed motherly ambition or possibly some pang of personal ambition thwarted led to the utterance of one malediction sharper than all the others by the mother in a moment of sudden hysteria the old-fashioned revolver that had been on her mantelpiece for years had been seized by the daughter in a wild threat of suicide the mother seized her wrist a violent physical struggle for the weapon followed this was occurring just as martin was making his way back through the house to the rooms taking along with him the maid marie huddled frightened against the hall wall at sound of the unseemly family quarrel there was a flash and a report in his very eyes as martin opened the door the revolver he said was unmistakably in the mother's hand but whether the discharge was accidental or intentional in heat of passion martin could not say and that angle of the story never was cleared up the mother had swooned when it was clear to the frightened servants that the girl was dead they had carried the mother to her room the plan of the two was quickly formed in their clumsy way they concluded it would be best for all concerned if the revolver should be placed in the girl's hand to indicate suicide martin placed it there while marie labored with the hysterical mother trying to instill in her mind in which the entire terrible scene was a whirl the idea that elvira had in fact committed suicide as for the confession i feel i was to blame in a way sir concluded martin wiping his eyes after all i would have been a jailbird anyway if she hadn't saved me most like i thought i could protect her too sir by confessing i suppose if i said i committed the murder that would settle it lanagan glanced at his watch it was half-past one there's one more move yet chief he said and i go to press in thirty minutes in a moment or two they had all reached the hemingway home again surprised to find it brilliantly lighted servants were running about frantically an excited voice was at the telephone as the quartet walked through the door it was the butler hurry hurry he was crying hemingway specific avenue for god's sake hurry what is it demanded lanagan carbolic i think replied the butler she escaped from the nurse and got to the bathroom she had been raving for an hour entirely out of her head crying to elvira to forgive her that she he stopped suddenly his lips coming together in a taut line another loyal family retainer thought lanagan as he and the chief exchanged quick glances only this one can keep his secret for all of me they hurried to render first aid but one look convinced the reporter and the policeman used to death in violent form that the troubled and frightfully burdened mother's soul had gone to a higher court for judgment lanagan raced back downstairs for the telephone it was five minutes to two by the accident of being on the ground he would have at least that tremendous exclusive of the mother's suicide and that good story as it was was all the inquirer printed for it was all that i finally got from lanagan just before the clock struck two 
leslie standing by the telephone said tentatively and curiously when the receiver was hung up what about the real story saving that for to-morrow no chief drawled lanagan full brother in the fourth estate no chief that's all the story she's dead isn't she they have had about enough trouble this family End of story four